Hey, Georgetown, I'm Maverick. And I'm Jake. And this is the GBC Empower Podcast. Sorry, I couldn't help. And I'm Jake. There's like a question mark. Well, at the end you of wrote that. on the teleprompter with a question mark, yeah, and I will it. read exactly what the teleprompter <laughs> says. Oh, no. Anyways, so this. Some is, of y'all got that joke. Some of you have no idea what I was ref- referring to. And the people who don't know what you're referring to are better Christians for, Amen. for it. Amen. <laughs> Anyways, this is GBC Empower Podcast. Um, we uh, really excited again starting the new year. Um, just a little, little testimony. I know y'all have heard it uh, multiple a multitude of times, or maybe this is your first episode, but we started this podcast specifically to enhance the communication here at our church. We don't expect this podcast to be broadcast throughout all the nations. No, this podcast is specifically for Georgetown Baptist members or people who are seeking, man, what is it like here at Georgetown? What do we believe on things? An extra Bible study, more, more, just communication in general. This is what this is for. And uh, we've really loved it this past year, and we are really looking forward to uh, continuing to do so. So really, really cool. For me, probably not for the person, <laughs> but a person came up to me and said, Hey, Jake, I'm really struggling with knowing where to start reading in the Bible. And we were standing in a crowded room and had just a few seconds and not able to talk. And I said, can I have your phone number? And I sent them a link to our podcast that said how to read the Bible. And uh, that is one of the goals that we have is, is just that people can, can learn things that we, that you and I, or any of our staff would just sit around and talk about anyway. And it just gives us the ability to continue to inform people. So go back to some of the earlier podcasts, if you're just now learning about this and, uh, there could be something that'll help you could be plenty that you, you would see as a waste of time, but (laughs) I would think not. I think, I think you would enjoy it. So, uh, you know, maybe I'm partial though, but yeah, no, God, God is in the center of this all. And this just helps us in our ministry like that. It helps our communication. And so we're, we're really excited about it and we hope you are too. So, uh, this, uh, week that this podcast will come out is actually a special Sunday all across the nation. Uh, Jake, what is this Sunday? So January 21st is the National Sanctity of Life Sunday. And it's a Sunday dedicated to just keeping our mind and attention on um, the sanctity of all human life, whether it be um, the sanctity of the unborn, um, you know, children who are still in the womb mm-hmm. um, or, uh, or, or our elderly or any form of human life. And um, it's a very, very important day and uh, something that my family takes very seriously. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, this can be known as a, a loaded Sunday or anything like that, and and, and the, another reason why we will talk about it. You you just heard it on Sunday. You're going to hear it again here. We don't intend this to be a loaded Sunday. Each and every Sunday and each day of our lives is devoted uh, to our God in heaven, and we talk about man what His Word says and how we're supposed to live our life. So this sanctity of life, if, if that's a trigger, you know, warning or whatever it is for you, I just want you to know that this podcast, don't stop listening on that Sunday. Don't stop listening. We're going to point you um, to God, um, not the nation, not anything else. We are we are called to point you to God and what he says. So as we, as we dive into this, um, and if this stems any questions, again, that's what it's for. Come, come find us. So this Sunday is Sanctity of Life Sunday. So I'm going to read from us. Um, Jeremiah 1 5. Jeremiah 1 5 says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. 
And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Jake, what does that mean when I read those verses? Well, and contextually, Jeremiah is being called to mm-hmm. serve God. Um, but that verse is saying that God is looking at his son Jeremiah and saying, before you were even put together physically with your body in your mother's womb, I knew who you were and you mattered to me. It is a tender passage of God saying that his creation matters to him. And I encourage you, um, we live in a time and a place where people tend to minimize human beings But there is no one who God has created that is an accident that God did not intend to be created. And and Maverick, I appreciate what you said earlier, um, just about trying to continue to point people to God at this time. Because for many years, I would hear the term sanctity of life. And I basically just heard that as, okay, this is a message that's against abortion. Yeah, absolutely. And in in some cases, it it is. As Christians, as a Christian, uh, my wife and I... um, we um we are not in favor of abortion, but can I tell you how the Lord's really worked on my heart through that statement? Please, please do. Because I would, I mean, literally just hearing myself say we were not in favor of abortion, my heart has changed. Um, um, so if you know my wife, you know me, um, back at where we lived before, um, we, uh, we felt a calling on our lives for Trisha to actually start a, a, a maternity home, a place that mothers could come and live um, and have their children receive uh, all the resources, physical, uh, spiritual, emotional, that a, that a mother uh, with child would need to be able to live here for, for a two-year time and to be able to be given all the tools to be able to go and uh, live a full life. And um, the, the Sparrow's Nest still exists uh, yep. since we've moved, and um, it's a huge ministry to us. But I, um, I'm not as godly as my wife, okay? <laughs> and here's what I mean by that. Um, I learned so much by watching this ministry form, and here's what I realized was – I can spend so much time in my life um, saying that I think that we should not, um, that, that abortion is, is a sin, even though the Bible, you know, the Bible is pretty clear about that. Okay. But um, it is just as sinful for me to say that if I am unwilling to love on a mother with child and help her and support her and being able to meet women who um, are in a situation where they're absolutely terrified, uh, whether it's through abuse or whether it's through neglect or just simply lack of resources. And what it taught me is the sanctity of life for the unborn child is important, but so is the sanctity of life for a mother and for the father and um, and before I say I'm not in favor of something, I need to ask myself, am I in favor of the people who are going through these things? And I don't know if you can hear in my voice, but uh, God convicted my heart greatly and and taught me a much deeper uh, understanding of this verse. And, um, you know, Jesus, um, he, he loves his people. Yes. But um, Psalm 139, verse 13 and 14 uh, says, For it was you who created me in my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I will praise you because I have been remarkably and wonderfully made. Your works are wondrous, and I know this very well. Um, 
the, the unborn child matters to God. And if it matters to God, then it ought to matter to his church. Yes. And if unborn children matter to the church, then providing resources for, for mothers and for families ought to be at the forefront of our minds. Uh, so on this sanctity of life, uh, my heart goes out to brave women who are having children, but my heart also goes out to women um, that are holding a lot of sadness in their heart um, around this time of year uh, due to something from the past. And I just want to tell you, and I don't, I don't know how much weight this carries, but, um, but we love you and we care about you. And uh, we know that the Lord's with you. Yeah, we, we are called to um, seek things that are above. We're, we are called to, to think the way Christ thinks as, as believers and why, yes, uh, very often, and, and why I even said that at the beginning of this podcast is because I've been in church uh, a pretty long time now, actually. And oftentimes when we talk about the sanctity of life, it, it can almost be a, a berating kind of message. And, and why I totally get it. Sin is sin and uh, the whole nine yards, I get it. But I remember, I remember being saved. And I remember when I got convicted of my sin— it was it was a Holy Spirit conviction. It wasn't a it wasn't a man made conviction or anything like that. No, it was a it was a Holy Spirit conviction. And when the Holy Spirit convicts us, it's out of love. Amen. It's because our God wants a deep, close relationship with us. And the definition of sin is anything that separates us from Him. And so He, when when God convicted me of my sin, all I heard Him saying was, "I need you closer to me." And here's how. And so when we we talk about sanctity of life, yes, we're talking about the unborn child, and and and, and yes, we 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 are we are we are pro life here, but we're also pro people. We we also want to love others well. And guys, you me as your youth minister, you, me coming in here, you have not accepted all the sin that I have ever done, but you, you respect my past and you know that God's done a mighty transformation and you have commissioned me to do exactly what I'm called to do. We need to do that for all people who are saved. We need to understand that our past are messy and when we get when we go away from god it gets dark it gets it gets gruesome and 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 oftentimes or all the time it's shameful and all this stuff but what i love about this church is that we are a loving church and i just pray that through the sanctity of life we can be a respectable church and we can be a loving church to all people um, no matter their past because god died for all sin for the love of all of his people amen Got a pro, little preachy there. Pro-life, pro-people, pro-redemption. Yeah, amen. And, and and there is a path for us all, and the path is Jesus. It's not some kind of made-up path. It's Jesus who who gives us that path. And uh, we have a, a place here in uh, in the in Grayson County yeah. called um, the Pregnancy um, Resource Center, um, yeah, True, True Options. Options. Um, and um, the staff at True Options are some of the most loving, godly people you will ever meet. And people that um that that will greet um the the you know anyone that would come there with love and mercy and grace and not a place to be afraid to go yep. but a place where you can learn and receive support and encouragement and uh, I just couldn't encourage you enough to um 
don't say that you're pro-life if you're not willing to, uh, to love people. Um, Mm -hmm. pro-life does not manifest itself in how you vote. It manifests itself in the way that you live and treat your brother and sister in need. And, um, that is a hill I'll die on. Yeah, no, absolutely. So that's not all we want to talk about though, right? No, no, not at all. It's not what all sanctity life is about. Yeah, we, we also, um, the sanctity of all nations and races. Um, yeah, yeah. so I'm going to read uh, just from some Revelation. Ooh, scary book right now. I'm just go. <laughs> Revelations uh, chapter 7, and I'm going to read verse 9 uh, through verse 10. After this, I look, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and people and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. I got me excited. Well, because that's what's going to happen. I know. It's, it's not a pipe dream or a pie in the sky, is it? So, you know, <laughs> you didn't know how to handle that no, one. I liked it. I was like, man, that's a good one. I'm going to use that in my next sermon. No, I, 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 got, I got the maverick look. Mm-hmm. That could be a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> that was um, a good one. That was a good one. You know, you think about what's going on in Israel. And yep. uh, there are people who, who are our brothers and sisters, people who call upon the name of Jesus, uh, God's chosen people that, that, that matter. That just because... Um, Maybe, you know, I've not had to be on a battlefield in my life does not mean that people do not matter. And, um, you know, it was very sobering to me. I referenced it in a sermon when I went to the um, Bible Museum in, uh, in Washington, D.C. But to know that there are so many people groups, language groups that mm-hmm. have yet to receive a copy of the scriptures. Um, God knows their name. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I don't know them. God knows them. God cares. And um, because I grew up in Western society, uh, being surrounded by churches and Bibles and people that pointed me to Jesus makes me no better than any other person on mankind. And, and, and we, our hearts um, are, are turned to, to, to all of the nations and all races. You know, if you come to Georgetown, um, I'm going to be honest with you, uh, you're, you you don't see just a wide demographic of people. But can I say that one of my dreams as a pastor is to be a multi-ethnic congregation. And I pray that that can be the reality at Georgetown. I'm not going to pretend uh, that yeah. we are. Uh, while we do have, we do have people of different um, ethnicities, um, but I want to see that number grow um, mm-hmm. because God is a amazing God that draws all of his children together. Amen. Yeah, no, this was preachy. If I said that, yeah, (laughs) yeah, no, uh, absolutely. And when we look back and, and we even kind of talked about this a little bit today, but like in, in our Texas bubble, even we, we often forget just that people grew up in, in South Dakota or or California or Carolinas, you know, or New York, we, we, we forget that even if we were to go a state or two away, that the culture is just absolutely completely different. They don't know what good barbecue tastes like. It's <laughs> right. so sad. They don't know Bucky's when they see one. Oh, <laughs> Bluebell ice cream. But I mean, we were lucky. Texas is the best, but, <laughs> but we, we forget that man, like, 
God is working in the town over. He's, you know, oftentimes when, when we go to basketball games and oftentimes, you know, we can be like, man, their fans are crazy. Or usually that's what they say about us. But uh, those crazy people you mm-hmm. see on Friday nights, some of them are in church on Sunday, <laughs> yeah. including you and me. Like God <laughs> is working like so much. You know, Isaiah 55 uh, verse 8 says, you know, my, my thoughts are not your thoughts and my ways, they're not your ways. And, and one of the ways um, that like, I put that as like, man, when I'm stuck in traffic or when I'm at a football game or when I'm at a group and I see a group of large people or I'm in a, in a foreign state, I'm like, God has worked in these people's lives. Or, or if we go to another church or like when we go to the Mexico mission trip in Chiapas, like, man, God is working in those people's lives and I'm going to see them in heaven. And, and that's why, you know, I get real passionate about missions and not just, not just far away ones, but like, local ones because even your next door neighbor who you often probably don't even talk to god wants to work in their life um and and we we will see that um no better there'll be no better picture right now than revelation 7 but there will really be no better picture when we get to experience revelation 7 in other words if you don't like diversity you're not going to like heaven yeah and um we we just our hearts go out to all our brothers and sisters uh, here in this area and all across the world yeah. and um the last um the last group that I want to bring up and and keep in mind there are a lot of groups to bring up we're just yeah. bringing up some that three. come come to our mind um and it's it's the elderly uh, it's people that have reached, um, whether they're, you know, at the end, uh, of their life or the last chapter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I really think about, you know, we have, we have people in our church that, uh, that we call our, our homebound, yeah. uh, people that aren't able to get out as much. Um, we have, um, some phenomenal members. And, and one of the things I find myself saying when we make visits or speak, uh, to our homebound members is you are just as much a part of our church, mm-hmm. uh, than, than people that are in the worship center every single Sunday. Day. Um, but James one twenty seven. Um, I actually kind of hate this verse uh, because it ruined my life. Uh, <laughs> I can't unhear it ever again. That's uh, right. I, I say that as you know, the smile on my face. Uh, this verse uh, hit me between the eyes in two thousand eleven, and it's why I've had a lot of different children living in my home. But um, James one twenty seven says, "Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this: to look after orphans and widows in their distress, and to keep oneself unstained from the world." Um, I've, I've heard it said from senior adults, um, in the past, uh, the fear of, of being quote unquote, put out to pasture mm-hmm. and, and what people mean when they say that to me is, well, you know, I've been useful to the body of Christ, but I've hit a place in life where maybe I'm not able to do things physically that I did before, or maybe I'm not as sharp as I once was, or, or some of the, some of the verbiage that people use, and I'm just afraid that maybe I'm not able to be used by mm-hmm. God anymore. And there could be nothing further from the truth in that statement. Yeah. Um, our, our, our saints of the church all matter. Uh, but, but the people who have served the Lord day in and day out that, that have shown us by their example of what it means to live a faith filled life. You are the heroes of our church. You're the people we look at and we draw encouragement from, and you're the people I look at and I go, you know what, if they could have done it through their time, then maybe, maybe I can do it through my time. You're, you're setting an example for the rest of us to see. Um, so, um, we just want people to know that that no matter where you're at in your life, but especially when you're at the elderly stage, um, we see you and we care about you. But more than that, God sees you and he delights in you.
Yeah, no, no, absolutely. I, I had a, you know, just one of those life moments that I remember and, and this youth person remembers because they, they bring it up all the time. But me and a few youth were, were helping just one of our homebound people just with, with random stuff and moving flooring, uh, changing light bulbs, uh, yard work and all this stuff. And, and, it, and it took a long time and it was it was in the heat of the summer and it was it was miserable. It was it was awful. And we get in the car, and, and these two youth, they're, they're just kind of complaining and all that stuff. Like, man, why did we have to do this? Like, I mean, all this stuff. And I looked at them, and I said, you know what? I said, you're right. But also, I've never been a a 79-year-old widow living at home alone before, so maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. And they just kind of sat there and were like, oh, my gosh. like <laughs> That's so bad <laughs> because it's like, why we got to be in her home for two hours, mm-hmm. you know, like they could not grasp the, the amount that, that that lady just absolutely loved us being in the home for two hours because the, the elderly man, it's just a different season of life. It's not uselessness. No, you're still here for an absolute reason. If, and if you weren't here for a reason, God would have already took you home. And you might be wondering like, whatever, you know, but God wants to use you. And that lady, I told her that story. I was very honest. I told her that story. I said, I need you to know you ministered to my boys and it might not look like it, but I promise you, you did. And now that lady and those two boys have a relationship and they talk to each other about every Sunday. So it's fantastic. And and it's a, it's a two way benefit, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. It's not, not, Oh, well, you know, we got to go check off the box and say, Mm -hmm. we loved a person. No, when you begin to find that reciprocal love with another person from a different generation, um, you're living the way the kingdom of God uh, was designed to be. And, um, I could tell many, many stories, yes. um, but I had a next door neighbor in Jayton. Uh, her name was Patricia Hamilton. She still, she's a, she lives in Abilene now. Um, but, but during the time I lived in Jayton, I would, you know, I'd walk next door and check on her at times. And, uh, one day we were sitting in her living room and I looked over, she had a little TV tray next to her chair and I noticed, um, on a book and, and I was, I was, I was kind of, you know, You're being nosy. I was being nosy. <laughs> I was looking at her stuff. I saw my name written on the book and I was wondering, Oh man, like what did, you know, man, this idiot pastor or something, you know, I don't know. Um, I said, Hey, I see my name there. What do you, what is that? And, um, she had a calendar and it was prayers that she had specifically prayed for the, for me as the pastor. And she showed me all these prayers that she had been praying. And I was able to look at some of the timing of those prayers and it was in moments when I needed prayer mm, and good. the Lord just showed me, Patricia has been propping you up this whole time. Yeah. You know, this good. whole time you're out serving, Patricia is a prayer warrior and she's propping you up. And, and, yeah. and, you know, we talk about um, strong Christians. Patricia was like a, like a warrior. Yeah. She might be the strongest. <laughs> and, and that's the point friends. Um, when we work together, no matter how we do it and how it gets done, when we do it in the name of Jesus, it is exactly the way God decided. So this Sanctity of Life Sunday, I encourage you, um, open up your capacity when you see people yeah. and value the lives around you, value the people around you. And and maybe when we learn to do that, we'll begin to 
get a little bit better of grasp of the way God looks at us and the way God sees us. And um, I just, I'm so thankful for days like today, knowing that it can be difficult as well. Um, But even in those difficulties, it is such an incredible reminder that we are not just a, just a group of people to God. We are his people that he made for his purposes and for his glory. Absolutely. Um, Guys, thank you so much. If you made it this far, um, Man, I, I <laughs> what do you mean by that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It just just thank you so much. Just for the listeners, um, um, man, we really just appreciate you um, as a church member, or man, if you're checking out a church, we just really appreciate you listening to this, and and hopefully, um, your view of sanctity of life Sundays is is different. Ho- hopefully, we we are turning as a church just more often to think the way God thinks or, or trying our best to think the way God thinks rather than the way we think we should think. Um, so we just appreciate you. We really look forward to, again, this season, and we just absolutely love and we absolutely adore you. So, guys, we'll see you soon. And, again, if you have any questions, please come find me or Jake. Bye. Have a great week.